ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله والسلام عليه اما بعد يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله واحسن الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ثم اما بعد يا مرحبا بكم we welcome you all out this morning to this morning or this afternoon sisters class we first after praising allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ascending the salat and the salam upon the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam we greet you all with the greeting of al-islam assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh may allah reward each and every one of you tremendously from taking from your time to come and to listen to this reminder bismillah ta'ala we want to continue going over the hadith that we have started some time ago and that is the hadith that's on the authority of abu hurairah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu qal he said qala rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam that the messenger of allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam he said la tahasadu ولا تناجشوا ولا تباغضوا ولا تدابروا ولا يبع بعضكم على بيع بعض وكونوا عباد الله اخوانا المسلم اخو المسلم to the end of the hadith we covered up until this point and we stopped off at the statement of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam وَلَا يَبِعْ بَعْضُكُمْ عَلَى بَيْءِ بَعْضٍ And do not undercut each other in sales. عَلَى كُلِّ حَالٍ The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said what translated means do not have envy for one another and do not inflate the prices for one another and do not hate one another and do not turn away from one another and do not undercut one another in trade and in business. This is where we stopped off at. Today we want to look at the statement of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam wa kunu ibadullahi ikhwana. Al-Muslim akhu al-Muslim. And 
Be, O you slaves of Allah, be all of you brothers amongst yourselves. The Muslims, the Muslim is a brother to another Muslim. Now, this is what we want to focus in on and look at today, bithnilahi ta'ala. That the Prophet wasallam, he gave us a very clear directive, a very clear, very clear directions as relates to how we are to look at and view one another. The Prophet wasallam, he said, and be all of you brothers, brothers, one to another. It is important as Muslims that we truly understand the nature of our relationship one to another, is that we are brothers and we are kin to one another, brothers and sisters in deen. This is what we are to one another. And this is how we should treat one another. So when you look at what the Prophet wasallam, how we started this hadith, where the Prophet وسلم, he said, La tahasadu. Don't have malicious envy for one another. Naam, to the end, until we reach this portion. All of this shows you, as Sheikh Fawzan he mentions, He says that all of this shows you that these affairs from having envy, from um, buying and selling over one another, undercutting each other in business, from inflating the prices on one another, from hating one another, all of this will have a negative effect upon brotherhood. Now, what is one thing that we take away from this? Is that if these things will have, these actions will have a negative effect upon brotherhood, then this means that there are actions that will foster brotherhood. And if we are commanded to be brothers one to another, then we have to what? We have to act like brothers one to another. So it's not enough that we acknowledge and that we say that we are brothers one to another, but we have to bring forth those actions that are conducive with brotherhood. So we have to act like brothers. We have to act like sisters. Now, it is important, it is a must that we bring forth these actions. The Sheikh, he mentions, he says, Fahada, فَإِذَا, excuse me, he goes on to say, فَإِذَا تَرَكْنَاهَا أَصْبَحْنَا إِخْوَانًا So if we left off these actions that will have an ill effect upon brotherhood, if we left off all of those actions that are divisive, that will lead to disunity, and that will break down brotherhood and our solidarity, if we abandon these things, then we will become what? Brothers. We will become brothers in reality. Okay? Because Allah Azza wa Jal, and this is important for us to understand and for us to know. Allah Azza wa Jal, He says in Surah Al-Hujarat. In Surah Al-Hujarat. And it's verse number 10. Verse number 10. And I'm pausing and I'm taking my time for a reason. Inshallah ta'ala, I need you to write that down. Surah Al-Hujarat, verse number 10. Because we're going to ask you a question about this, inshallah ta'ala. Ala kulli hal. And a part of the, the homework is I want you to memorize this verse, or to memorize the portion of this verse, inshallah ta'ala. Bye. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in Surah Al-Hujarat, That verily, the believers, they are nothing but brothers. They are only brothers. The believers, they are only brothers. Naam. And this ayah is very significant. Naam. And the wording of it, I want you to pay very close attention to it. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he uses the word innama. Naam. And innama, this is a word in the Arabic language which brings about a restriction. Is 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 hasar. Naam. The term in Arabic. It's it brings about a restriction. So for example, because we, we've heard this word before and we're familiar with it. Naam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, innama. Naam, here in this ayah that the believers they are only there is another place where we heard this word and that is in the hadith of Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu the famous hadith the first hadith in the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawawi where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said innama al-a'mal bin-niyat that verily the actions are innama they are only according to their intention Naam. Innama only. So it restricts it. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says, ikhwa, that verily the believers they are brothers. Naam. They are innama, nothing but brothers. So we understand from this that our default connection with one another is that we are brothers. That's the default connection. Right? So what does this mean? This means that even if we're not friends, we're brothers. You're a believer, you're bro we are brothers. Naam? Even if I don't know you, we're brothers. You're a believer, we're brothers. Even if I never saw you before in my life, you're a believer, we're brothers. Even if you're not from my race, even if you don't speak my language, even if you look drastically different from me, it does not matter. You are a believer, we are brothers, period. Okay? This is something that we have to understand. Now, I don't have to be your friend to treat you like a brother. I don't have to be your friend to treat you like kin. So... We have to learn and we have to understand our true connection with one another is that we are brothers. The Shaykh goes on to mention, and again, this is in Surah Al-Hujarat and it's verse number 10. That verily the believers, they are nothing but brothers. Naam, they are brothers. Ikhwa fiddin la fi nasab. Brothers in the religion, not in lineage, okay? So the believers, one to another, those believers who are not kin to us, then there are brothers in deen, not in relation, naam, not in lineage. وَالْأَخُوَةُ to deen, naam, أَقْوَى مِنْ أَخُوَةِ النَّسَبِ and brotherhood, religious brotherhood in the deen, it's stronger than what? 
than brotherhood due to family times and the like. So a brother in the deen, a brother in the deen and that brotherhood, that connection of brotherhood in the deen, then it is thicker than blood. It's stronger of a connection than blood relation. And it is important that as Muslims, we really understand that. Yeah? And, that and, and when I mean understand that, I mean that we bring forth actions that are conducive and that point to the fact that we understand that. Because it is, un it is unfortunate that many times we act as if we have no idea that verses like this exist. We have no idea that the Prophet ﷺ ever said and never commanded us to be brothers one to another. We have no idea about this. This is how we treat each other. This is how we treat each other. We treat each other like we don't know each other. Naam, as they say back in the days. Naam, this is how we do each other. Like we don't know each other. And this is not proper. The believers are brothers. So what benefits you, it should feel like it benefits me. What brings you joy should bring me joy. What saddens you should sadden me. What is a, a calamity for you is a calamity for me. What is a win for you is a win for me. And so on and so forth. This is how our relationship should be with one another. That your victories bring us joy. And your defeats cause us sadness. But do we have this level of empathy for one another? Do we have this level of affection and love for one another? That we truly get happy when we see our brothers and our sisters succeed? And we are truly saddened when we see calamity touch and reach our brothers and our sisters? Now, you don't have to answer in the comment box or anywhere. You don't have to give a verbal answer or type it or whatever the case is. But I want you, like I'm talking to myself, to look back at your actions. The Muslims who are suffering all over the world. Does our heart break for them? The Muslim children, they are being slaughtered by the tyrannical and barbaric government in Israel, in Philistine, but they call it Israel. Does our heart break looking at this humanitarian crisis? Does, heart, does our heart break looking at these war crimes being committed against our brothers and our sisters? Now, this is not to, for full disclosure, and bi'ithnillahi ta'ala, perhaps something will come in the near future where we speak about this directly and specifically. But this is not to, this is not to um, endorse the terroristic actions of Hamas. No. No one is endorsing them. Because if anyone knows anything about anything, the people of the Sunnah, then what? We are against them and what they believe and what they do. We are against their actions and their ideologies that coincide with that of the Khawarij. We are against this. We are against the Khawarij. We have no um, endorsement for these acts, for these actions that are not proper. But at the same time, just like we come out strongly against these actions that are not proper, 
we're going to come out strongly about the actions that are not proper from the Jews. If you think that, we're going to say that the actions of the Muslims are not proper and we censor those actions, right? And we condemn those actions. Do you think in your mind that we're not going to condemn the atrocities of a Jew? You got it sadly mistaken. What's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. But the point is, Anakulin, is that we should have sympathy. We should be in agony right now over the plight of our brothers and our sisters. They're in Philistine. Likewise, we should be in agony of the plight of our brothers and our sisters in China who are in concentration camps. We should be in agony about this. We should be in agony about the Muslims all over the world who are suffering. The plight of the Muslims who are inside of India who are suffering under the hands of the tyrannical government there. We should, we should, our hearts should be breaking. Our hearts should have already been broke. So, do we act like it? Have we been making dua? Have we been begging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bring relief? To the Muslims everywhere in the world who are suffering? Or does or do days go by and we don't even think about it? Or do days go by and we don't even think, we don't even contemplate on it? Is it as such that we are only concerned with the Muslims in one part of the world and we don't care about the Muslims in other parts of the world? The Muslims who are suffering in Africa, does that come to our mind? Or are we only concerned with the Muslims from a certain place? No. Allah Ta'ala, He did not tell us that we are only brothers to the Muslims from this area and that area. But Allah Ta'ala, He says, Verily the believers are brothers. Full stop. No matter where they're from. White, black, Arab, non-Arab. From the north, south, east, west. Doesn't matter. Doesn't it, it, mean, it means nothing. We are brothers one to another. All of us. Now, and if we all came together and acted like brothers, our situation will be drastically different. Wallahu a'la wa a'lam. Ala kulli hal. The Shaykh goes on and he says, Wal din aqwa min nasab. That brotherhood in the deen. It is stronger than the brotherhood due to family ties. Now, due to blood relationships. Falkafir aduuk. The disbeliever, he is your enemy. Even if he is your brother from your mother, from your same mother. Even if he is your blood brother. Now, the kafir is your adu. At the end of the day, he is your adu. He is your enemy. Now, let's be clear. Does this mean then that we treat them bad? We treat them harmful, malicious? We try to do bad things to them and things like that? No, not at all. But at the end of the day, no matter how good they treat us and so on and so forth and how nice we are to them, when, it, when the smoke clears, they, they're your enemy. In what? In the deen. In the deen. But this does not mean that we mistreat them. No, because dhul, oppression, is haram. We're not allowed to oppress anyone. We're not allowed to oppress an animal. 
So of course we're not allowed to oppress a human, whether that human believes or doesn't believe. It doesn't matter. We're not allowed to oppress. In any event, the reality of it is, is that your blood brother, who is a non-Muslim, he is, in essence, an enemy to you. وَلَكِنَّ الْمُسْلِمْ أَخُوكَ فِي الدِّينِ وَلَوْ كَانَ لَمْ يَكُنْ أَخٌ لَكَ فِي النَّسَبِ And the believer is your brother in the religion. Even though he is not your blood brother, he is your, blood, he is your brother in the deen. وَهُوَ And this one, the believer, الْأَخُ الْحَقِيقِ He is your true brother. فَالْأَخُوَ so real brotherhood, it is that which is built upon the religion. Naam. True brotherhood is the brotherhood in deen. Now, and I want you to bear with me. This is the true state of affairs as it relates to our relationship one to another is that we are brothers one to another okay that's what the truth is do we always act like brothers one to another no no we do not okay historically have the muslims always treated each other like brothers no we did not okay but that does not change the reality, does not change the truth. It does not change the fact that we are commanded to treat each other like brothers. Now, when we come up short in doing that, then we're going to have to answer for that in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I want each and every one of you to really pay attention to this. Because there are individuals who are trying to capitalize off of the conflict, the war in Gaza. To bring forth their racist and nationalistic views. To try to win over the hearts of African Americans and of Africans in the diaspora in general. Trying to win over their hearts to say that we shouldn't even care about what's going on between the Palestinian and between the Jew. Because it has nothing to do with us. And then of course they cite the racism from the the Jews, and then they mention things like, and the Arab, they were a part of the slave trade, and, and, and to the end of it. That's what they say. Now, are we condoning or are we um, giving a pass to those Muslims who were involved in the slave trade? Nah, of course not. Of course not. Nah, we're not saying, oh, it was okay, they were involved in the, the slave trade. Um, the transatlantic slave trade and things like that. We're not saying that at all. Especially for those individuals who were kidnapped, na'am, who were taken. This is this is not um, sanctioned inside of the deen. With that being the case, how does that change the truth? Doesn't. Because the truth is not judged by the, by the men or the actions of men. But rather, men and their actions are judged by what? By the truth. Just because those men came up short, what does that mean? It means nothing for the, as it relates to the truth. 
it means they came up short. They will have to answer for what they have done, so on and so forth. So this attitude that it is absurd for Muslims to, to for black people to be Muslims and things of this nature is absurd because let, let's be real about it. There were Africans in West Africa who were involved in the slave trade. There were Africans from West Africa who gave their African statesmen away to the Europeans to be taken into slavery. There are people right now in West Africa, in Senegal and the rest, who admit black people look like me and you. Who admit, they say yes, we can show you that our family have benefited from the slave trade. They admit this, yeah, our family benefited from the slave trade. So now, if we are going to take this understanding from them that because the Muslims were involved in the slave trade, then it's absurd for a black man to be a Muslim. Okay, so now what, black man going to say he's not African? Black man going to say he's not black because there were black people who were involved in the... In the in, you understand? You, you see how absurd this, this becomes to get now? You know, this, this, this can turn into how absurd this is. So now, once we remove that from the board, we have to examine what? The truth. And follow the truth where we find it. Full stop. We have to follow the truth where we find it. And the truth is where? In the deen of Al-Islam. Those Muslims who they did something wrong, that's on them. It's wrong. But let me let me let me let me just say this here. Just thinking about our brothers and our sisters in Gaza. As Muslims, we try our best to be just. And to be fair. And, and, and you see how as Muslims we have no problem calling out Muslims when they do something wrong. Saying that was wrong, they shouldn't have done it. This is not, this is not right, it's not proper. Where do we see that from these people who stand in support of Israel? Where do we see them condemning their blockade of the civilians? Where do we see them condemning collective punishment? Where do we see them coming out and saying, no, this is not right. This is a war crime. This is against humanity. Where do we see them coming out in these terms? Never. We don't see that. But these same people want to press us to condemn the actions of Hamas. Wow. You see the hypocrisy? But alhamdulillah, as Muslims, yes, we condemn the atrocities of Hamas and what they have done. That's not correct. And we condemn the Jews for what they're doing. And we condemn anyone who stands with them for their silence for these atrocities. Or for their aid that they give to help in these atrocities. We condemn it all. What's wrong is wrong, period. We don't care who you are. What's wrong is wrong. If we're going to condemn our brother for something that he did, then you best believe you're going to get condemned too. I digress. The true brotherhood is the brotherhood inside of the deen. So having the brotherhood that exists through blood relations, 
then this can have connected to it the natural love and affection and connection that the people have amongst themselves and that's and that's no problem you know we love our brothers meaning our blood brothers we love our brothers we love our brothers and we have that natural love for our brothers so we love them with a natural love it's not there's not a love based on the deen it's a love it's a natural love now so we love our brothers and we have affection for them and we treat them good they are brothers now we feed them if they're hungry and so on and so forth if they're thirsty we give them you know something to drink and if they need help we help them to the best of our ability we have love for them they are brothers okay so just because they're not brothers in the deen no means that we, we treat them bad. No, we no, not, not at all. This don't mean we have no natural love for them. Of course we have natural love for them. It's natural love. You don't control natural love. You don't control natural love. You love who you love from your family because they're your family. You love them and you just met them. <laughs> no. Right? You love them and you just met them. You have a niece, a nephew, or, you know, so on and so forth from your, your, your family members who is not Muslim. You're looking at that little baby, you love it. You never met, you, the first time you met this little baby, and you love your little baby. It's your niece, it's your nephew, it's your cousin, whatever the case is. So the point is, is that now we have love, natural love for our family members. Well, that can, but this does not include or entail anything from having love and uh, 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 enmity that's based upon Dean. No. Now, meaning that we don't we don't have on it yani, any type of love that's based upon the deen. So our wala and our bara and so on and so forth is not linked to family relations or yani, blood relation. And this is what we should uh, better maybe better understand is that wala that it is not built upon this natural type of connection or natural relationship or family relationship, any type of love and hate for the deen. Now, I'm loving hateful. The deen has nothing to do with having family uh, connections and ties to, a, to an individual. And wala wal bara, having loyalty and disavowment, na'am, innama yakunu ala hasib al iman. This is only determined by faith, na'am. So, what determines our wala and our bara, our loyalty and disloyalty, is what? Is deen, is faith, na'am. Wa qad yakunu akhu. Uh, because it is possible that you can have a blood brother who is your enemy religiously. And it is possible that it could be an individual who is not your blood brother, but he is your brother in what? In the deen. He's your brother in the deen. Naam. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he goes on to say, Al-Muslim, Akhul Muslim. That the Muslim is the brother of the Muslim. Naam. That the Muslim is the brother of the Muslim. Now, the Shaykh he mentions he says, Ka'ulihi ta'ala. 
This is similar to Allah Ta'ala's statement. It is similar to Allah's statement that verily the believers are nothing but brothers. Those who have access to the chat section, I want you to tell me where's the ayat from, chapter and verse. Where's the ayat from, chapter and verse. Now, it's like a little pre-quiz, okay? All right. Um... Then the Prophet goes on to say, because on this topic we spoke um, about those affairs that are surrounding it. So the Shaykh he goes on to the next portion. Naam. So inshallah ta'ala, he's not going to reiterate that. So then the Prophet وسلم, he goes on and he say, La yawlimu. That we do not oppress your brother. You do not oppress the Muslim. Now, and as mentioned before, we don't oppress nobody. But if I'm not going to oppress a kafir, then for sure I'm not going to oppress a Muslim. Right? Well, and I want you to get this down because this is going to be a question. Now, well, that is translated as oppression. And again, a vulm, it is translated as oppression. In Arabic, it is spelled va lam meem. Vulm. Okay? In English, you can write it out however you think it sounds. T H U L M, whatever. It's okay. As long as you're saying it in the ballpark. What is dhulm? Which is translated as oppression. So dhulm is translated as oppression. But what is the definition for oppression? What is the definition for oppression in Arabic? Because the definition for oppression in English, it may point us to certain meanings that are not inclusive in it in Arabic. Now, so again, for those who have the chat or mixla, inshallah ta'ala, let's get them answers. Okay? And I see nobody writing yet, but inshallah ta'ala, I'll keep checking back in. The definition for dhul is huwa wadu'u shay fi ghayri mawdi'i. Dhul, wadu'u shay fi ghayri mawdi'i. It means to put something in other than its proper place. Now, that we put something in other than its proper place. Now, this is across the board in general. This is why shirk is called the, a great vun, the greatest vun. Right? Because something is put in the wrong place. So, as it relates to shirk, what's put in the wrong place? Worship. Worship that should be given to Allah is subsequently given to Jesus. So, we say what? That's dhul. Yeah? This is why shirk, 
Dhulm al-Azim is the greatest Dhulm. The ibadah that should be given to Allah, instead they'll give it to a rock or a stone or a cow or edifice or 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 or. Naam. So we say what this is dhulm. Why? Because something has been put in the wrong place. What's been put in the wrong place? Ibadah. Okay. So anything in any type of misappropriation is dhulm. So the Shaykh he mentions, no matter the type of oppression, the type of dhulm, regardless. Dhulmun fin nafs, awul mal, awul irud, whether that dhulm is relates to the, the individual themselves, or is as relates to their money, or is as relates to their honor, then it's all haram. La yadhlimu. Don't oppress your Muslim brother or sister. Not personally, not as relates to their wealth and their money, and not as relates to their honor. So we can't go around lying on people. We're putting stuff in the wrong place. Now, we're saying things about them that's not true. We can't go around stealing and robbing and, and, and cheating people. This is not correct. This is not proper. This is bull. We're pressing them as relates to their money. Now, we take their money, we don't give it back, we owe them money, we don't we, we refuse to pay them, and so on and so forth. The money that's theirs, we keep it with us. That money should be where? It's in his wrong place. That money is in his wrong place. If I, for example, let's let's go back so we understand this what's the name? Bring it down to a very rudimentary example. It is to put something other than its proper place. So if I, may Allah Ta'ala save me and safeguard me from these type of evil things, if I oppress my brother or my sister as relates to their money, then their money is where? It's in my pocket where it should be in their pocket. So the money where? It's in the wrong place. It's in my pocket. It's not my money. It's their money. That money should be where? In their pocket, not my pocket. So if I keep it in my pocket and I don't let it go to their pocket, then that's volm. That's oppression. I have oppressed my brother and my sister. So we cannot oppress our brothers and our sisters because that's not how brothers and sisters treat each other. Verily, the believers, they are nothing but brothers. Muslim, As the Prophet said, that the Muslim is the brother of the Muslim. The Muslim is the brother of the Muslim. So we cannot oppress each other. And then the Prophet said, and we do not abandon one another. Right? We do not fail each other. That's how they translate it sometimes. We don't turn our backs to one another, meaning we don't abandon, we don't betray each other. And we do not fail each other. Okay? If we see that our brothers have been oppressed and have been humiliated in debates, the Shaykh he mentions, <laughs> 
if we see that our brothers have been humiliated, they have been oppressed, they have been uh, debased, then we strive to bring victory to our brothers. We strive to bring victory to the Muslims. We strive so that they are removed from that lowly situation, so that they are removed from that oppression, and we prevent and we censor their betrayal, that they should be betrayed. So when we see people betraying them, we call that out. Now, we call against it. Do not betray your brothers and your sisters. Don't side against your brothers and your sisters. Now, what does this mean? Because it's important for us to understand, if you are Muslim, you do something that's wrong, we still on your side from the standpoint that you're Muslim and you're our brother. And we still going to help you. But how do we help the oppressor? We help the oppressor by stopping their oppression. So if you're a Muslim and you're doing something wrong, I'm still on your side. But you know how I'm on your side? And what's the proof that I'm on your side? Is I'm going to stop you from doing wrong. If I help you in doing wrong, I'm not on your side. Because I'm helping you get in trouble with Allah Ta'ala. I'm helping you destroy yourself. I'm helping you hurt yourself. Anybody who helps you hurt yourself, who helps you destroy yourself, who is an accessory in your ultimate destruction, that's not your brother. That's not a person on your side. But your brother's the one that tells you, stop, fear Allah, stop what you're doing. Fear Allah, don't do that. That's your real brother. That's the one that's really on your side. Not the one who's a, a yes man. Just down for whatever. No, that's not a brother. That's not how you. Uh, that's not how we're brothers to one another. So yes, even when my brother does wrong, I'm still on his side. Still on his side. Tell him stop doing that. Tell him to fear Allah. I'm going to refute him if I have to. I'm going to refute him if I have to. Advise him, so on and so forth. This is how I'm on his side. So I don't want. I don't want anybody to get it twisted. You understand? We're never going to side against a Muslim. No. Because we're going to be on his side by what? By calling out his wrongs so people don't follow him in his wrongs so he don't incur the sins for those who are following him and what he is doing from evil. So we, that's how we're on his side. So we don't betray our brothers. We don't betray our brothers. Man. So if this is the case, if our brother is the oppressor, so what do you think will be the case if our brother is the one being oppressed? What do you think is going to be the case for our brother who is being oppressed? Of course we're going to be on his side and help and aid in any which way, shape, or form that we can. Of course we're going to stand in solidarity with him. We're not going to stand with you. We don't care about whatever it is, the situation. It's our brother. You're oppressing our brother. We're with our brother. We ain't with you. We don't acknowledge nothing except that you are oppressing our brother. I hope that's clear. We... The Shaykh says, we, we help our brother and we don't leave him to the enemy. We help our brother. We don't leave him for the, to, for the enemy to do what he want, how he want, when he want. And, and, and listen, I want you to really understand this. You see the Prophet وسلم, is telling us, and do not betray and fail 
your brother. He's telling us this. This is a prohibition. So if we disobey the Prophet and we betray our brothers and we fail our brothers, we're going to be held accountable for it in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because we did not obey the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We didn't obey the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in this affair. We disobeyed the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, don't abandon and don't betray your brother. Don't fail your brother. And what do we do? We abandon him, we betray them, we failed them. We're going to be held accountable. You disobeyed the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We're going to be held accountable for this. So not just we are failing our brothers, but we're going to be held accountable. And see, this is the thing of the Muslim. You understand? Is that, listen, the, the way that we interact with people, right? It is built on our preparation to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Full stop. It is not just for the sake of making this one happy or whatever the case is. No. We're striving to make Allah ta'ala pleased with us. Okay? So when we're interacting and we're nice, yeah, we're nice and whatever the person gets and makes them happy, that also brings us joy. And if it's a Muslim, that's also a good deed and that's good. That's an objective. But that's not the main objective. The main objective is what? Is to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The main objective is what? So we don't get in trouble. All right? Let's be real. We want to please Allah ta'ala. Yes, because we love Allah ta'ala. We have hope that Allah ta'ala, he would accept from, from us our, our deeds and enter us into the Jannah. Naam. And at the same time, we don't want to get in trouble because we are scared of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. At the same time, we fear Allah that if we don't do what's right, Allah ta'ala may punish us. So let's not get it twisted. Yes, making other people happy is good. It's, it's on that list. That's not the top of the list. That it is not the top of the list. The top of the list is pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and being scared of displeasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's at the top of the list. So we interact in that way because we want to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So us defending our brothers and so on and so forth is, is because we are looking to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we're not going to leave um, our brothers and our sisters to the malicious behavior and actions of the disbelievers why because what we trying to we trying to please some disbeliever i don't care about no disbeliever being pleased whatever i don't care about them but what i care about is that allah ta'ala is pleased with me but i treated my brother the way i should treat him what i'm scared of is that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be angry with me because well i didn't stand with my brothers and my sisters i, I let them i failed them now i have the answer for that so this is what should be motivating us as muslims in every situation Period. And I, and I really want you to understand that this is what should shape our worldview and everything else. We stand with the Muslims who are being oppressed. Just because China comes out and says we stand with Palestine, that doesn't make it all good because they're still oppressing our brothers. They still have them in concentration camps. So you ain't off the hook, China. We don't leave our brothers to the enemy because this will be to betray them and to leave them and to fail them. 
يتكلم فيه في المجالس فإنه يدافع عنه so if we see somebody talking bad about our brother inside of the a sitting inside of a sitting we see somebody bad mouthing our brother in a sitting then we do what then we defend our brother we defend our brother we tell that person don't talk like that about my brother you watch your mouth you don't talk about my brother like that man we defend our brother you understand sheikh he brings this as an example لَأَنَّهُ إِذَا تَرَكَهُ وَسَكَتَ كَانَ ذَلِكَ مِنَ الْخُذْلَانِ because if we see somebody bad mouthing our brother right listen 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 to the example the sheikh he brings if we see somebody speaking they're just talking they're not doing nothing they're not killing them they're not maiming them right they're not destroying their property and their homes and so on and so forth now they're just talking about them bad the sheikh he says if we were to leave that person to just bad mouth our brothers and our sisters and we were to be quiet about it then verily this is from betraying them this is from al-khudlan we are betrayers of our brothers we failed them we failed them فَإِذَا رَأَيْتَ أَخَاكَ يُظْلَمْ فَإِنَّكَ تُنَاصِرُهُ if we see that our brothers are being oppressed then we have to help we have to help listen what i'm telling you we have to help period because what is a form of help that everybody can afford what form of help could we all afford is that we make dua for our brothers and our sisters who are being oppressed that's the form of help that everybody could afford. And that's the form of help that should be coming from all of us. For every Muslim in every situation. You understand? So listen to what I'm telling you. Right now, there's certain things that bring to light and highlight certain plights. Right? So maybe there's an individual who didn't know that our brothers and our sisters are in concentration camps in, in, in China. Now. Maybe they didn't know that. Maybe they didn't know the oppression that our brothers and our sisters are going through over there now in India. Women are being raped, killed, children, men, women killed. This is happening right now over in India. Maybe we didn't know about that. So what I'm saying is take some time inshallah ta'ala. I know people be on their social media, maybe scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Hey, listen, take some time. Go do some search online to see all of the Muslims all over the world who are being oppressed. Become familiar. I'm not saying you got to do a deep dive, but become familiar of the brothers, of your brothers and sisters around the world who are being oppressed and who are in bad situations right now. Now, like the Muslims in Yemen who are fighting against the the uh the Shia Naam and what's going on there. Pay attention to what's going on in the world and the plight of your brothers and your sisters. From Sudan to Somalia to 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 pay attention so that you can make dua for them. Learn about what's going on, 
so that you can make dua for them. This is the least we can do to help. Now, if you can do more than that, alhamdulillah, you can do more than that. So make dua and do more. But for those who cannot do more than that, you have to make dua for them. This is how you help them. Naam. This is from the greatest things you can do. This is from the greatest things you can do, is make dua for them. You can give a million dollars, right? If you give it to the wrong organization, that million dollars is not going to reach the people. Nope. But you make dua for them. Naam. Who's going to stop? Who's going to stop the aid of Allah Ta'ala when it comes down? Nobody. So make dua, make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if you see them being oppressed, then you have to what? You have to help them. And you have to prevent oppression of any type. You have to prevent the oppression. But listen to me when I tell you. Preventing oppression is not demonstrating. It's not getting out there and demonstrating with picket signs and holding flags and all this nonsense. No. It is not writing to Congress. It is not writing to your local mayor or elected member of whatever council or whatever the case is. It's not writing no letter to no CAFA begging for something. It is not going out in front of the White House or, or embassy and begging for something. We don't help our brothers by begging the oppressor. We help our brothers by begging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to stop the oppressor. We help our brothers by begging Allah jalla wa'ala to bring victory to those who are oppressed. We help our brothers by begging Allah. You want to protest and you want to write letters to Congress and all this type of nonsense? You ain't doing nothing but begging the oppressor. How pitiful and pathetic is that? How pitiful and pathetic is that? You gonna beg the oppressor? Come on, that's like begging a slave master about slavery. Really? What sense does that make? Anyway, قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ The Prophet صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ said, "أُنْصُرَ أَخَاكَ ظَالِمًا أَوْ مَظْلُومًا." The Prophet صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ said, "Help your brother, whether he is the." Oppressor, or he is the one who is or being oppressed. Help your brother, whether he's the oppressor or the one being oppressed. The man he said, O Messenger of Allah, help your brother if he's oppressed. Okay, we understand that. But how are we supposed to help him if he is the one oppressing people? How do we help him if he's oppressing people? The Prophet وسلم, he said, Stop him from oppression. Stop his oppression. Because that's how you help him. That's how you help him. Right? I see our time is about to the end. So, with Allah Ta'ala. We're going to leave it right there. I have a few questions for homework, inshallah. The first question is What is the proof from the Quran? What is the proof from the Quran that the Muslims are brothers? What is the proof from the Quran that the Muslims are brothers? That's question number one. 
Question number two. What is the proof from the hadith, from the sunnah, that the Muslims are brothers? Okay. Point number three is how is brotherhood established? Or question number three, I should say. How is brotherhood established? Again, how is brotherhood established? Number four, question number four is how or what, what is al-wala wal-bara based on? What is al-wala and bara what is that based on? Okay? And as a, a kind of a bonus to that question, um, then you have to know what is wala and bara So you have to do a little bit of research, okay? You have to know have to learn what is al-wala and what is al-bara. Naam. And then number five is what is dhulm? What is dhulm? The definition of what is of, of dhulm. I don't want the translation. I want the definition of dhulm as mentioned inside of the class. And bring an example. Okay, that makes sense. And then number six is how do we help our brother if they are the oppressor? If our brother is the oppressor, how do we help them? Right? How do we help them? And then the last question is what constitutes betrayal? What constitutes betrayal of the Muslims? And bring an example, inshallah ta'ala. Okay, what constitutes betrayal of the Muslims with an example? Bring an example. Bismillahi ta'ala. Alright. Inshallah ta'ala, everyone got those. If not, then Bismillahi uh, ta'ala. If you hear the recording, rewind, go back. If not, send a, a, um, a text message or whatever the case is. Bismillahi uh, ta'ala. Contact the masjid uh, through the masjid social media platforms. Uh, DM them and ask inshallah ta'ala whatever questions you may have whatever questions you may have missed ta'ala fa ila liqa' sawdiyakumullah wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh